Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Again, as always, I want to start off by saying thank you to the pastoral staff for granting me the opportunity again to uh, speak before you today. Uh, so, as you look in the bulletin, you, uh, you can see the, the title of my sermon this morning is A Gift to Yourself. Um, first, I want to start with the last time I spoke, it was in regards to embracing your scars. Um, does everybody remember that one? All right. Uh, what I'm going to be talking on today is forgiveness. Uh, this one is kind of personal. Um, I always like to speak from personal experiences, but also because it's something that I'm always constantly dealing with on a day-to-day basis. I was always uh, addicted to anger, like I, like I had said in regards to... Um, my first sermon in regards to embracing your scars. I embraced the fact that I was addicted to anger, but it was because I was addicted to the poison that I was giving myself. I was addicted to holding on to that resentment because it made me feel like I was a better person than the, than the person I was having to face. How many people deal with that? Honest. Honest. Because I'm going to ask everyone to be honest today. I had to kind of ask for permission to even talk about this subject because we're going to be digging deep. We're going to be digging with a lot of personal roots, a lot of personal uh, self-inflicted wounds because a lot of this is really Um, self-inflicted. So I'm going to start off with... uh, my, uh, my daily uh, Bible verse that uh, I find ironic showed up today. And then I'm going to tell you about a, uh, a dream that I had preparing for this sermon. So the verse is from Psalms uh, 121, 1 and 2. Uh, bear with me, it's in the uh, NIV. Sorry, Pastor John, I know you prefer New American Standard. But it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. As I was preparing for the sermon, I read a phenomenal blurb. Our relationship with Christ is not a religion. It is a relationship. I'm going to say that again. Us and God is not a religion. It is a relationship. The majority of everyone here is married, has a loved one, has a best friend. We trust what that individual says to us. I know if my wife tells me something, I'm going to take it for granted because I trust what she is telling me. You have a best friend. You can sit there and you can say things in confidence and you know it's it's not going to be shared. I can sit there and tell someone, hey, look, I'm struggling with this. I need an accountability partner. Please do not say anything and just pray for me. Guess what? That person's not going to say anything. And you probably... You're probably saying, but, but, what, but Dave, what does this have to do with forgiveness? 
It has to do with forgiveness because our relationship with God is the mere fact that He has forgiven us of everything that we have done. But yet we still sometimes say, there's no way God could forgive me for the things that I've done. Well, that's because you're treating it like a religion. It's not a relationship. You're not taking it for what God put Himself through to pay for your debts. For the longest time, there were things that I had done and I'm just saying, there's no way God could forgive me. There's no way God could forgive me for doing coke, for selling drugs to kids. There's no way because I was poisoning people. I was affiliated with people who I'm pretty sure committed murder. What are you holding on to that you feel that God could not forgive you? Because I'm going to tell you right now, God does not quantify nor nullify sin. We do. It's our sinful nature because we sit there and we go, ah, I just told a white lie. It's not really that bad. Right? Like, ah, man, I just clicked on the website. I didn't really watch the video. Gentlemen, we all know what we're talking about. Right? Oh, it was by accident. Oh, man, I, I mean, I was going through the grocery store and she was just trying to bend down and grab the, uh, grab the produce. Sorry, it was in my way. She shouldn't have been bending over, right? No, it's not like that. Because we could stop it. You know, going back to embracing our scars, I held on to that resentment. I punished every single congregation I stepped in because I said, you're probably just like the last one. Right? Because I'm holding on to that bitterness. I'm holding on and I'm prejudging these people because I didn't want to forgive them. Because guess what? If I forgave them, then I have nothing to hold on to. Right? There's, there's not that motivating factor. There's not that denial saying, God, guess what? I'm still winning because I've refused to forgive these people. So, <clears throat> forgiveness is also one of those things that Satan likes to keep poking at, going, they didn't forgive you. You can't forgive them. So the other night, um, I was asleep, and I, was, I had a dream that <clears throat> I was with my friends. They had just finished moving, and I was helping them move into their house. So, you know, my subconscious is this was the most recent thing that I've done, and I was helping my friends move. So in my dream, I'm at their new house. And my friend's wife comes to me, and she goes, Dave, 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 you're going to be a pastor, right? And I was, like, I was like, I hope so, if that's what God wants me to do. And... She goes, look, I think our house is possessed. I said, you think your house is possessed? She's like, yeah, there's crazy things going on. She goes, can, can you get it out? I said, well, I can try. I can try and rebuke, you know, what the evil that's in your house. And every single time I tried to go rebuke this demon that was in the house, I kept being pulled back and I couldn't finish it. I, I would say, in Christ's name, I, re, I couldn't rebuke it. 
And every single time it would happen, every single time that I would try and get rid of this demon out of their house, it would stop me. Well, I woke up. And I was literally, like my neck muscles were so tense that I could, I was being pulled down into my bed and I was trying to resist it. So after speaking with the pastoral staff here and after doing prayer, it was brought to my attention that Satan does not want me to talk about what I'm talking about today. Because I know if I'm still dealing with resentment and not forgiving people, I can only imagine how we as a congregation are not willing to forgive the people outside these doors and more importantly, the people who are inside these doors and who are attached to this church. I feel like if this church was to truly have a revival, I said it to Pastor John. And I, I said, Pastor John, I said, am I, am I allowed to say this? And he goes, you can say it. I said, I truly believe what is holding us back from having a revival within this church is the mere fact that we are not willing to forgive the people who have harmed us and done wrong to us that is attached to this school. And vice versa. Because it's like Mike said, we are the barriers. We are the barriers. And I, and I have to agree. I've been the barrier for some people who have not come to Christ. That they sit there and they go, there, there's no way that you, Dave, are standing up in front of a pulpit speaking the Word of God with the things that you have done. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, I was tired of having a religious conference with the Word of God. And I've realized that I was making a mistake because I wasn't turning it into a relationship. So, the passage that I'm going to read today is quite a long one, so I'm not going to ask you to join me in standing. But it is uh, from Matthew 18, verse 21 through 35. It's on forgiveness. Um, I'm going to be reading from King James Version because I enjoy the study, the study Bible and it helps me break down everything that I need to know with the notes. Um, so bear with me. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different, but the meat and potatoes of the story is all the same. It's on forgiveness. So, here we are. I'll just go ahead and read it from here so it's not confusing. So it says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. Now I'm going to stop there real, sec- uh, real quick. One talent would be worth about six thousand days work. So it would take over 190,000 years for someone to pay off a debt of 10,000 talents. 
And when he begun to reckon, I'm going to go to verse 25, please. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. So let's think about that real quick. How many times have we sat there and consistently and habitually sinned and turned around and we drop to our knees and we say, Lord, I promise I'll never do that again. I'm so sorry. As long as you help me with this, right? I know I have. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Who's done that before? All right? Okay? So, our Lord Jesus Christ already knows that we are going to sin. But yet again, He goes, I forgive you. I've already died. I've already suffered for you to be forgiven. But yet in spite, you still do this. You still sin against me. How many, kid, how many people here have kids? Right? I know my son will sit there and go, Dad, I'm sorry. I promise I won't do it again. Okay, Liam. Next time, guess what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm not going to get to sleep with you and Mommy. Right? Yeah, I'm still in that stage. <laughs> so... But guess what? All of a sudden he runs off and he's sitting there playing with his sister and all of a sudden you hear, Bow! and all of a sudden here comes Riley. Daddy? Yes, bug? Liam hit me. Liam Gabriel, come here. Really? You didn't mean to hit sissy? No, sir. Really? But you know you're not supposed to hit a girl, right, son? Right? And it's just a big emotional mess, right? And I can't, I'm sitting there trying to console him, but the only way that I can console him is by picking him up and hugging him and saying, buddy, I love you, but you know you're not supposed to hit sissy, right? Yes, sir. Now, I forgive you, but you know, you know you have to go say sorry, right? So I've forgiven him. The only way that I could calm him down is by him realizing that I have forgiven him. But I have to make him go say sorry and seek forgiveness from his sister. Now, what do you think Riley does? Now, right, and she runs off, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh my gosh, the resentment, right? She resents him for the mere fact that he hit her. But I, as his father, have already forgiven him. But guess what happens? You ready for this? Liam comes running back. Sissy will forgive me. Sissy will forgive me. And I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you, son. You hit her. How many of us are like Riley? Come on, raise your hand. 
let's go, let's be honest. Somebody wrongs you and they go, look, I'm sorry. And we sit there and we just go, boop. Right? Let's be honest. We sit there and we just give them the bird go, I don't even want to hear it. How many times have you done this to me, but yet you still want me to forgive you? Right? Let's spin this one more time. I'm talking about kids, right? Us as adults, we're still acting like kids. Let's be honest. I'm still dealing with my inner child. I'm still sitting there stomping my feet going, well, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't want to hear it. We're acting like kids. We're acting like kids because we sit there and we go, guess what? You won't win as long as I don't forgive you. You will not win. Sorry, Mr. Tompkins, you're not going to win. You're not going to. Glenn, you're not going to win. I don't forgive you for being a Giants fan. Right? You know? I can, you know, all these things, I can just sit there and I just go, you know, I'm not going to forgive you for being a firefighter, bro. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. I don't forgive my dad for being a firefighter. Right? Because I'm a cop. It's always that... that, that it's always like, oh, cops eating donuts. Guess what? Well, firefighters and tr- trees and cats, right? <laughs> Who's better than who, right? Chair force, I'm army. You know, my dad in was in the chair, I mean, air force, right? So, I mean, but it's all this stuff. I can't forgive him for that. All jokes aside, but we act like kids. We act like kids. So, so here we go. I finished on what, 27? Right, Ryan? All right, thanks, bud. So then, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. So, let's stop right there. Let's think about this. Just like Riley and Liam. I have forgiven Liam. Right? But let's think about this. Riley and Liam are sitting there playing karate, right? Playing Power Rangers. That's what they love to do. They love to beat each other up. Which I'm perfectly fine with, but, you know, as long as I don't see it, nothing happened. So, Riley sits there and she just holds up. Bam! Gets hit. What do you think Liam does? It's the same song and dance all over again, but guess what? Liam, you have to go forgive your sister. Remember, I forgave you. Right? I forgave you. I don't want to forgive her. Mm -mm. Nope. She needs a spanking. She needs to lose all her toys. She needs to lose everything, Dad. Everything. Really? So do you think you should have lost everything whenever you hit your sister? No. No, I'm little. I'm little, Dad. Right? That's probably what he's saying in his head. So my question to you is, Right? Our dear, loving, heavenly Father has forgiven us. And we do so much worse to Him. So much worse. But yet, whenever somebody does it to us, that's personal, right? That's personal. (laughs) That guy in that car, he knew I was late, but all of a sudden he's going to pull in front of me and just go slow. He knew it. He knew I was late. 
oh, I'm going to go right by him and I'm going to sit there and make a gun and go, I killed you. But, you know, but guess what? They have no idea. But we sit there and we make it so drastic in our minds because it is so personal. It's so personal, right? But we forget how personal it is with our Heavenly Father. Amen? You know, I was sitting there, I was recollecting all these things. And after I say this, we'll continue with our passage. But, uh, whoa, hey, that's cool. Major Tom, ground control? All right. But uh, so I was thinking about all this. And I was just like, man, me as a husband, right? Me as a father, me as a child, the things that I've done to the people I love. Right? I've always, I've done some things that my kids, whenever they become of age, they're going to sit there and go, Dad, why'd you do this? And I'm going to have to ask forgiveness for my kids. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I can sit there and I can drop to my knees and ask God, God, please grant my children the gift of forgiveness to forgive me for some of the things that I've done. Every single night, whenever I lay my head on my pillow and my wife thinks I'm asleep, I'm actually praying, I promise. (laughs) But there are times where I sit there and it just, God sits there and hits me, man. He's just like, dude, like, you really need to ask for forgiveness. I, just, I ask that my parents have forgiven me for a lot of the things that I've done because I know there's some things that it's just like, man, I can only imagine what it's going to be like whenever my kids do stuff like that. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully my kids sit there and they go, Dad, you told me some stories. I don't want to be like you. That's right. You don't want to be like me. And then I look at my wife and I sit there and I go, how can my wife still look at me and go, I love you for the things that you've done to not only me, but our family. Men, we know we are stubborn mules, right? I'm not saying women are perfect, okay? I'm not saying women are perfect. But I do know as a man, We put pride before everything. I am supposed to be head of this household. I am supposed to sit there and have the final word. I'm supposed to sit there and be the breadwinner. Guess what? My wife's a breadwinner now, and I love it, by the way. I love the fact that my wife's a breadwinner. It's nice. Babe, you're in control of the finances. Right? Sit there and skip, and I go, babe, can I have allowance? But... It's nice. I, I mean, I've lost all the stress in the world, right? I think my hair's going to grow back. But, <laughs> all right, only one can hope. But all joking aside, though, these arguments that we face, right? Some of, the, some of these things are so petty. They're so petty, right? But it's because of pride. We have so much pride. What? 
who do we think we are to sit there and have pride with God? Let's think about that. God, who do you think you are to be able to forgive someone like me? Who do you think you are for me to have to wallow and ask for forgiveness? I shouldn't have to hunt you down for you to come forgive me. See what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying men, just men are guilty. Women, too. I love my wife, but boy, my wife can sit there and go, you think you got something to say? No. I don't have anything to say. You don't think you need to say you're sorry? Mm, No. (laughs) You don't think you have to give me a foot rub tonight for what you said? Mm, No. No. But this is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. This This is just family. Dare we even start touching here in the church? Our relationship with the school. See what I'm saying? Let's even take it one step deeper. Start talking about past things that we're holding on to, willing to not let go. Family, our parents, parents that have passed on, friends that have passed on, things that we've had to do in in the line of duty. I know there's things that I've done overseas on deployments that I'm just sitting there going, God, there's, you're the only person that can forgive me for this. I didn't want to do that. I'll share a personal story with you. <clears throat> so, uh, we had to go and we had to go uh, in and infiltrate a village in Ad-Diwania where I was stationed at. And it was a night mission, and we had gotten intel that there was a cache of weapons in the specific district. So we started, and we had to go kick in doors. I was the second man in. So a point man goes in, he kicks in the door. Father sits there, raises up the AK, fires a couple shots. Point man sits there and takes him down. This little boy grabs up his father's AK and raises it up. And I step in front and I had to put him down. I live with this. Every single day because I look at my boys and I sit there and I say, I could never forgive anyone that were to walk into my home and do that to my kids. See what I'm saying? And I sit there and I go, I can't forgive myself of this. And I had to. I had to sit there and I had to let it go. Because if not, how am I going to sit there and have a relationship with my kids? My families, 
nieces and nephews. If I wanted to sit there and I wanted to sit there and adopt, and I had to sit there and I, every single time I looked at a little boy and I was just like, I can't, I can't, I, can't. I have to step away. Ladies and gentlemen, we are dealing with demons that no one here knows about because we sit there and we keep it to ourselves. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you lay it at the foot of the cross and you give it to God, you truly give it to God and you let go, you let go, it is liberating. I'm going to say that one more time. You let this go and you give it to God. You stop treating this like a religion and it's a relationship. You say, God, I truly believe that you died on the cross for my sins and my future sins. I'm asking to be forgiven. Ladies and gentlemen, you are forgiven. Stop thinking that you are better than God's forgiveness because you're not. Am I making sense? So we continue. To, we continue. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. And then his Lord, after that, he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desired, desiredest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him into tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So what that saying is, if we don't forgive people, how are we truly receiving the forgiveness of Christ? There's another story that... that uh, <clears throat> I really like in regards to forgiveness. And it's in regards to whenever the, whenever the woman is washing Jesus' feet. Does everybody remember that one? Because he looked at the Pharisee and was like, who do you think really accepted my forgiveness? Right? The one that's wanting to truly have a relationship with him and asking and begging for forgiveness and washing his feet, treating him like royalty because that's what God is, is royalty. I sat there and I, and I truly thought about um, the side effects of not forgiving. And I'm going to read some of them to you because they... They really, truly blew me away. And this is from uh, Johns Hopkins uh, medical team. And it says, There is an, an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. 
but chronic anger puts you into a fight or flight mode which results in numerous, numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels and leads to improved health. I know for the longest time, I had to go and seek uh, mental health because of all the anger and resentment that I was holding on to. I started putting a lot of pieces together um, because I found out, it says, people who hang on to grudges, however, are more likely to experience severe depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. Being in law enforcement and being in the military, that hit home to me. I said, wow, okay. I said, I, I deal with a little bit of PTSD, you know, tight spaces and loud noises sometimes that catch me off guard. But then I was like, wow. Not forgiving people and hanging on to anger and resentment. Well, yeah, that has PTSD issues. Because I started realizing why there is such a strong flood of mental health people in the armed forces. Because we are fueled on hating the people whom we have to go and deal with in a combat environment. We are flooded with it. Absolutely flooded with it. So, whenever I was seeking mental health, it was whenever I was in charge of the SWAT team down south. I have to sit there and I have to train these individuals on how to go in and let go of everything and go and conquer the objective. No matter what you see, you do not stop. You continue and you attack until the mission is done. I had to sit there and I had to talk with a lot of my guys on how to deal with these things. So I'm teaching them how to deal with these things while I'm being taught on how to deal with myself. It is, it's completely messed up. But it wasn't until I sat down with a sweet, sweet old lady. And she looked at me, she goes, she goes Dave, don't you realize everything that you're holding on to and dealing with is your inner child? first off, who do you do you know who I am, what I do for the military and you're going to tell me I'm acting like a kid? Like this conversation's over, right? But that's what, I, that's what I wanted to say but she hit something. She goes, Dave, you get so angry because someone sits there and tells you, no, you can't do this and you just blow off the hinges. She goes, you're acting like a kid. I said, okay. And during this time, this was also whenever I was dealing with issues with my marriage. I would come home. I was shut off. Nick's like, why aren't you talking? I was like, I, 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 I can't. I just can't right now. I got my kids running all over, acting all crazy. I'm just like, everyone just shut it. Just shut it. You go sit down, go eat your dinner. You get out of my face. I don't even want to talk to you. 
because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to just sit there and let things go. I didn't want to f- forgive the people who I was angry at at work. I didn't want to sit there and forgive myself for hurting people's feelings because guess what? If I sat there and I forgave them, I was weak. I was becoming soft. I was doing more harm to people than good that put on the uniform. Ladies and gentlemen, we have it so wrong. We have it so wrong. We need to forgive people because we're just sitting there being a barrier in our relationship, not our religion. If you're looking at this as a religion, do some more, do some more praying and figure out where you're, you're allowing yourself to fall short from the grace of God. This is a relationship. And it took me a long time to figure that out. A long time to figure that out. I sat there, I used to read scripture after scripture, and I'm just like, it's not making any sense to me. It wasn't until I just sat there and I said, you know what, God, I'm asking you to speak life into me with these words. And then I was like, oh, this is starting to make sense. And it was more that I started asking God and saying, please grant me the permission to fully understand what you're trying to tell me. And then I started realizing, you know what? I'm no longer being a Sunday morning Christian. I'm starting to really truly live this. I'm truly starting to develop this. I'm really truly starting to understand what God had for me. And what I needed to do to liberate myself from the things that were holding me down by forgiving people who had wronged me. By letting go and truly understanding that I myself could truly be forgiven. Am I making sense? You know, I was sitting there, I was reading some of these, uh, these things, and one of them was from Billy Graham. The question was that it was sent via via um, website where you could submit questions. And it says, I know God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself for some of the things I've done and the way I've hurt some of my family. All I can think about is what a bad person I've been I even wonder sometimes if God hasn't forgiven me after all. Billy's Graham answer, his answer was, if you have honestly committed your life to Jesus Christ and are trusting Him alone for your salvation, then the Bible says that God has forgiven you fully and freely. You have been adopted into His family and nothing can ever change that. The Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8.1. But get ready for this. Do not trust your feelings. They are not dependable and will only lead you astray. Trust Christ and what He has done for you by His death on the cross and His resurrection from the dead. Trust too in God's promises to you because God cannot lie. And He has promised to forgive 
and save all who come to Christ by faith? Ladies and gentlemen, the answer is right there. But yet it goes back to whatever I was saying. We quantify, we nullify. We sit there and we allow Satan to come in because we don't have that strong relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? He comes in and he goes, guess what? You'll never be forgiven. What you did, nah, just let it go. Just keep telling yourself you're not good enough. Just keep telling yourself you can't be happy. You know what? Remember those bills you can't pay? It's punishment. It's God's letting you know, nah, you need to stay down. You need to stay down. You deserve this. Remember because you made that mistake, you decided to sit there and go celebrate something that you probably shouldn't have and you knew you had a bill? You can't, you can't, you can't lead your family. You're a horrible father. You're a horrible husband. Girls, you remember, remember what you said about so-and-so? Yeah, that girl's horrible. Guess what? You're so much better than her. You're so much better than her. You don't need to forgive her for what she did. That's Satan. That is Satan sitting there telling you how to feel and how to treat others. I love that song. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Being able to sit there and drive and all of a sudden you see someone standing on the side of the road and guess what you do? Lock the windows. Kids, look straight. Don't look at them. Don't, don't. Light turn green, light turn green. God, please make this light turn green. Right? That's what we do. Whenever we should be sitting there going, hey kids, we should probably pray for him. Right? We should probably pray for him. But no, because we're so afraid of coming out of our comfort zone and sitting there and going, you know what, God, that really breaks my heart. I can only imagine what this gentleman has gone through and why he probably is dealing with these things. Why isn't he at a church? Why isn't he sitting there going to a pastor or going to someone saying, why am I dealing with this? Right? I'm not saying that God is making that man homeless because he needs to be punished. But that man is probably making chronological mistakes time and time again because he has this root that he cannot get rid of. Because he probably hasn't forgiven himself and continues to keep himself in that position. You know, it's just like Mike was saying in regards to these memes, talking about, oh, you're a Republican? Oh my gosh, I can't. Do you support Donald Trump? I'm going to pray for you. You know what I'm saying? But that's us. This is what the society has captivated us into becoming, to hate each other because we have different thoughts, even within our congregation. Instead, we sit there and go, you know what? The only person I serve is God. How about you? Do you serve God? Do you serve God? Right? But we sit there and we go, your car was vandalized. What do you mean? There's a Hillary sticker on it. Right? <laughs> But instead, we should sit there and go, you know what? I don't care. The only thing you want is to sit there and bring people to Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, before I close, we need to truly ask God, have we really accepted His forgiveness? 
Have we really forgiven ourselves? Because you know what? It starts with accepting God's forgiveness, forgiving others, and then forgiving ourselves. And you talk about a true, liberating feeling. If we truly sit there and forgive others whom have harmed us and done wrong, said ill things, even within this congregation and in that school, I'm telling you, there's a revival. We just have to sit there and remove these barriers. I'm going to read a passage for a prayer, our closing prayer, and then we'll be done. Go ahead and bow your, bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, by faith and independence upon You, I put off the old man and stand into all victory of the crucifixion where the Lord Jesus Christ provided cleansing from the old nature. I put on the new man and stand into all the victory of the resurrection and the provision He has made for me, there to live above sin. Therefore, in this day, I put off the old nature with its selfishness, and I put on the new nature with its love. I put off the old nature with its fear, and I put on the new nature with its courage. I put off the old nature with its weakness, and I put on the new nature with its strength. I put off today the old nature with its deceitful lusts, and I put on the new nature with all its righteousness and purity. Lord God, I just ask that You come down and speak to the hearts of everyone in this room. I just ask that as we go forth with a new week, we work on ourselves. And we realize that we need to stop drinking the poison. We need to stop believing in this wicked world that we are living in and come together as one community and realize that this is not This is not just what we do on Sundays. This is a lifestyle. This is a relationship that we have with you. God, I ask that we just put aside everything and just focus on that one simple fact that you died on the cross and bled for us and died for us and forgave us of our sins and rose to sit there and just bring forth new life within us. God, I just ask that we realize that there is a warfare going on. We are dealing with spiritual warfare. I just ask that as we go forth, You help us realize that we need each other. As we saw this last, this last Saturday, with the community picnic. There's a lot of lost people out there. There's a lot. And we need to realize that we have such a strong task that we need to accomplish in our own backyard. So Lord, I just humbly ask that You come bring upon a revival in this church and work in the hearts of our congregation. Lord, if there's someone here that just really is on the brink of just saying, God, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with these demons. I need to let go. Lord, I ask that You give them the courage to come speak to myself or Pastor John or Pastor Tim. 
and to seek that forgiveness and to be liberated from the chains of Satan. Lord, we love You and we cherish You. In Your precious name, Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're dismissed. Have a great week.